that don't know who you are who is james andrews because i have a personal story that i want to share but i want people to know who you are first before we get into that oh, who i am um i am a uh self-proclaimed cultural anthropologist grown-up b-boy <laughs> radical dressed in a executive's body sometimes poet i don't know man i, I, I i've done a few things <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I feel like many of us are redefining ourselves in this in this control alt delete moment. We are. Um, so when I'm asked that question, it's 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 kind of difficult. But I have had a long storied career that took me through you know youth culture. I worked in um, pretty high level in the music business in the early days of hip hop. Um, so I have a perspective of building a genre, and I have a, a, a real strong perspective of you know, building stuff from from the ground up. I went to fashion. I was CMO of a company called Echo Unlimited with Mark Echo in the late 90s. So that really taught me, you know, the power of creativity. Mark sees himself somewhere between George Lucas and, you know, uh, you know, a, a designer. So that was really fun to, to kind of work with a super, super creative. Um, I built a couple of tech companies, uh, built one in the late 90s and then built another one kind of where I, where I meet you, OT, so I've had a couple of exits, uh, you know, worked in corporate, been in and out. And entrances. <laughs> and entrances. And entrances. And entrances. Yes. I, and you know what's funny, Reem? I don't know whether I'm exiting or entering on this one. Always uh, entering. Always entering. I, I, the, my vibe is always entering because I, I just feel like... It's a rotating door. Yeah, and to be honest with you, it, nowadays it's exactly like you said, the, you know, control-all-delete. So yeah. everything is new. And I, I don't want to think that anything was old. Yeah. I prefer totally. to just have everything be renewed. Totally, yeah. You know? And it's weird because, like, when you are in the sort of futurist seat that I've been sitting in for a minute, like, I find myself dusting off old ideas that were in my Evernote, you know. Like, I was live streaming in 2008. You know, I went to the Democratic National Convention and was live streaming then. And I thought I, I wanted to learn how to DJ um, that's when I met OT, actually. I was learning how to DJ, teaching myself how to DJ. And I learned on live stream. And so um, and so it's interesting is like everything is new and the control alt delete, but I find myself being able to like pull on ideas that people thought were crazy and that's too, you know, didn't understand. And I, I was so misunderstood in the 90s. I guess I'm still misunderstood. <laughs> I think you... I think you'll always, the futurist seat is misunderstood. Like futurist yeah. comma misunderstood period. And it's cool. Yeah, right. You know. They're always misunderstood today. Yeah. Because yes. you're, you're, think, you're thinking in 2250, right? I know. Which is why you're, you're easily misunderstood. You've always been thinking ahead. And I always thought that was really cool because the way we've met, 
until today is probably one of my favorite stories to tell because it was just like this person is so tapped in and so switched on like who is this guy because i never forget you hit me up on twitter and talking about (laughs) hey i'm coming to the middle east for the first time where can i get some cool sneakers from you're you're coming from LA. Why do you want to buy sneakers in Dubai? I was very confused by it, right? This is but so like, good that you're telling the story because I don't remember this at all. So this is yeah, I'm just sitting back. Right? And then <laughs> and then I was confused by it for a second, but then also I'm like, yo, how did this guy know to ask me about sneakers too? And to, and, and I remember before I didn't even respond to you at that time. I just went back through my Twitter feed to see if I've hinted at anything. And I realized I did post about sneakers. I'm like, okay, cool. This dude did his homework. <laughs> and I was like, hey, listen, if you're coming here to buy sneakers, don't. Um, I buy them and get them shipped in from the US. Like, And it was a time before we had sneaker stores in Dubai, like those boutique uh, shops that we have now. So, you know, and then I, I followed you, you followed me, and you DM me, you sent me a DM talking about, hey, it's your first time coming to the Middle East, you've never come here before, and you're trying to connect with people in town, and you had a few questions, let's get on Skype. I was like, all right, great, let's do it. And every time we tried to get on Skype, it didn't work out, we kept failing, and we never connected until one day I show up to work, and they're like, oh, everybody in the boardroom, there's this meeting, some guys presenting. And I showed up, and there's this dude in a suit with a hat, some like mad sneaker game, standing with these Air Force, uh, with these low top dunks, presenting, talking about things they did with Beats by Dre and Nike and in the US and in New York and, you know, the Grammys, right? I'm like, yo, who is this dude? And I pulled up my laptop in the meeting and I just researched your your first and last name. And the first thing that popped up was on Twitter, at Key Influencer. And, and the movie was like, oh, my God, yo, that's you. <laughs> like, I didn't connect James Andrews to Key Influencer at all up until that moment. And it was like, holy shit, yo, you made it. <laughs> we never had our Skype session, but there you are now. You're here. You made it. <laughs> Which I always thought was that's cool. That's so man. funny. That's so yeah. amazing. And that was the time when you're a DJ, wow. too. You know what it is? It's like... It's like sneakers, like it's a bit like I travel the world a lot. So it's like, um, it's like, uh, it's, it's gang culture, right? It was like my, if you know a sneaker store, then I can fuck with you. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so, and I traveled the world, I traveled the world with, um, you know, with artists. And uh, I used to, um, for about uh, two years, I was traveling Europe with DJ Jazzy Jeff. And whenever we would go to Cologne or Paris or blah, 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 like we go and we find a sneaker store or a vinyl store. And so that almost like once you find those um, those spaces, you then can find your tribe. And so then once I knew if I could like that's home base for me, like especially going to a place where I'd, I'd never been to the UAE, never been to Dubai and like. If I can just find the people that go to sneaker stores, I have my tribe, my people. <laughs> and so that was like a gang signal call. That was like, if I can, that was like, right. if I, and I do that everywhere, like, especially back then, because that was probably early years of Twitter. Yeah. And I was in, you know, yep. my job was scraping data and finding influence. Um, I knew if I could just find the sneaker heads yeah. that I would find mi gente. You know, my people. So, yes, sir. Definitely. I think when we had when we had Carlos Mayer um, on the show, he he said it best. He said that when he travels, he has his his passport that gets him to travel through borders. But then it's his hip hop passport that shows him his tribe. 
Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And stealing stealing that Carlos, stealing <laughs> that. I think that's been always one of my favorite lines. Um, cause it's so much truth to it. Cause anywhere you go in the world, you'll always find your people with that call out. Just like whether it's yeah. the sneaker heads, the b-boys, the graffiti artists, you're always gonna connect <laughs> yeah. with somebody. And then you're home. You feel like you're home. There's a snowing well, instantly. Well, it's a, and, it, and there's a, there's a language that's spoken, you know, and, and much of my job, you know, in the music business uh, in the early days of hip hop, when we travel around is, you know, you got to open the third door. You got to find the third door in a city. So it could be sneakers. It could be cannabis. It could be whatever it is. I live in I live in LA. Cannabis is the wine of Pacific Coast Highway. <laughs> um, it is. It right? is. <laughs> I don't even drink alcohol. By the way. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's um, it's 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 amazing that those symbols or those passion areas um, become like subcultures, you know, and they each come with their own language, their own community, and so so much of my work, you know, pre the internet and then on the rise of social media was you know finding my tribe and finding my people. And um, yeah, it's just, it, it makes traveling the right. world so much easier. That's true. And like, not only have you traveled a lot, you, you grew up in different parts of the world, right? You've had, you and you're, and you grew up with so many different people from many different yeah. backgrounds. Yeah. I, um, well, truthfully, I, this is uh, going to sound like a sad, sad story. Um, and, and maybe I need therapy for this, but I only, um, Went to Europe uh, when I was like, uh, I went with Jazzy Jeff, actually. First time I ever went to Europe was with Jazzy Jeff. I went to Paris. Um, and I was like 30, 30, which for me felt like a like a long time to have like no passport as an American, right? Um, my mother was born in Italy um, to an Italian mother and German Jew father. My grandfather escaped Nazi Germany. Um, and... My father is from the Bahamas. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, my, so I have slavery and Holocaust. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm, I'm ready for war right now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, um, I didn't grow up. My mom was very like, um, let's call it like, like grew up in the movement. My my father ran with the Black Panther Party. My mother was like a super woke and still is a super woke white woman who doesn't really like white people. Um, and so I grew up with this, um, you know, in Oakland, California, which is where I, where I, you know, Alameda, Berkeley, Oakland is where I kind of, where I kind of, my early roots began. So if you know California and you know the Bay Area, which I know you and I have hung out in. <laughs> oh, um, We've had a good so time there, across, yeah. Across the bridge is is Oakland, obviously, and um, you know you guys both know the importance of Oakland on on the um, in his in history. And so I was in that. I was you know I'm 50 years old now. So in the 70s, I was you know this little little person running around Oakland, and I was like in the Free Huey Breakfast program. I was in Swahili school, um, and wow. my mom was like super super conscious. And then um, and then I uh, yeah I lived in, I lived in the Bay uh, and then you know went to high school ended up going to high school in Palo Alto so across the street from Stanford sort of the Vatican City of Silicon Valley um, I, <laughs> I went to, I, I I went uh, I went to high school in the center of that and then um, uh, yeah went to <laughs> freshman year I thought I was a hooper and I went to college in uh, Utah in Provo Utah where BYU is so mm-hmm. eight black people in the entire city kind of thing um, and then. Uh, 
ended up getting my act together and got into UCLA um, and okay. lived, lived in LA um, in college and went to the only college that matters here in the city of Los Angeles. And then uh, when I like set down in a city, I really put roots in. So Dubai is a place I put roots in. I know people. Uh, Rio and Sao Paulo, I have roots in Sao Paulo and Rio. Stockholm, I have roots in in Stockholm. Because of that that story that you told, I I, I you know reach out to the people who are making things happen. Um, you know, in those markets. And then here's another trick, uh, pro tip. Um, when I because I'm a connector. I'm always connecting people. So when someone goes through Dubai, they go see Omar. But the trick is that it makes, it brings me, the selfish thing is, I'm not selfish, by the way, is it makes me closer to Dubai because somebody had a crazy experience with Omar and Reem in Dubai that I set them up with. So they're coming back to me and telling me the stories. Hey, I went to, um, we did this and we hung out. I'm like, yep, I know that. Yeah, I know right. that spot. I know that club. <laughs> you know, and I do that, I do that in other cities so that it actually keeps me super connected because my people are always moving around other cities, or at least they were pre, pre-COVID. Um, and so I feel um, a sense of um, I'm still in Rio because my people just went last night to the favela and hung out with my homeboy there. Um, and it makes me feel really connected to, to cities that I've put some roots into and, and opened up other third doors. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love and, it. And that's, but, and that's a lot. Yeah, but that that is a lot. I think that that's a lot to, to take it because like, here's what's funny. I feel like if I put you in a Dubai context, you feel like you've been here for a while. If I feel, And I think, Reeve, you could correct me. If we put you in a Toronto context, it feels like you've been there for a while, right? Toronto has, well, the reason that I said that James feels like the six is because yeah. you know how he said, well, I've got slavery and I've got the Holocaust in me. That's Toronto. Toronto is the breeding ground for where Mm -hmm. where so many different cultures collide. It's not like Dubai in that sense. In Dubai, we are systematically segregated, but how you navigate between the system is your finesse. That's your that's your mm-hmm. art in your culture, in right. your society. But what why I feel like James, I didn't know what yes. I didn't know a lot of what you just told me. Um and I I realize as well, you're of the world and for the world. So that's why I feel like, you know, that that's 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 and, and by the way, for some reason yes. everyone Toronto is Patwa. Like, not for some reason. It's because, you know, um, because of immigration. Toronto is Patwa. And so if you can speak Patwa, you can speak a bit of Arabic, you can speak a bit of Hindi, yeah. you'll be fine in Toronto, you know? And right. But when I when I hear your story, yeah. the thing that comes out for me is, so here's somebody that's so well-traveled, even though I know you said 30 is a bit too late. To, some people never leave their little street, you know? And we know I know some people in the States that never leave their zip code, you know, and that's, that's their world, but you went out. And so yeah, what is, what is in your opinion, the future of influence and the future of where is futurism in your mind going? Because we've suddenly, like you said, control alt delete, right. And you picking up and going and sending somebody to Dubai, we couldn't show them half the stuff we showed you. Because it's still closed, you know? So what what's your take on all of this and how are we going to navigate this in a way that's better, in a way that's renewed? Yeah, wow. <laughs> Such a, 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 a punchy question for the morning, Reem. Um, yeah, good morning. <laughs> good morning to you too as well. Always good to see you. Um, I, 
appreciate, first of all, that you give me a hood pass to the six. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> now, Definitely. all up. you Toronto people, I'm going to start saying the six and you need to give me that pass because Reem gave it to mm-hmm. me today. You, mm-hmm. you heard it here live. What up, fam? Um, so I, and I do feel like Toronto is my spirit animal city. And I, I just want to, I'll double tap that. We'll come back to that. I do, I fall yeah. in love with cities like women, like they, they're like my lovers. Mm. And so I feel like, like um, Toronto is this lover that, that, I, that I've read about that we haven't yet had an encounter yet. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her soon. You know, one, just fundamentally that um, your tribe is everything. And as we move into quarantine two, we call it QU2 around this house. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, we're definitely moving that way in, in the state of California. But I think uh, we will move into another quarantine. I think that we will see, um, especially here in the States, and, and it's un- unknown how it'll translate globally. But um, at the time of this recording, the time you're hearing this, because things are moving so fast. They're so Yes, they are changing dramatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even by the time that this recording is heard, um, who knows where, where we'll be. But um, I will say that my futurist viewpoint on the United States is that we're headed into some really, really dark periods. So I think that we are as Americans um, headed for, you know, into the election season, um, into death rates that'll just get even worse, into unemployment numbers that are, you know, going to be horrible, and into out of the summer and into a fall that will be one of the most challenging times that we've had. And so because of that, I think that, you know, uh, your tribe really matters. Your, 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 you know, who you hold court with, um, and much, and that's why I'm working so hard to use the digital tools to get um, to get my tribe together um, to make sure that my tribe is not just U.S. based. Um, I think you know when we get out of when we move into the new normal, as people call it, I think that cities are going to evolve and change, especially here in the United States. Um, the cost of living will be too much for people to build businesses in places like Silicon Valley. What I've been bullish on for the last few years are cities that are not New York and not L.A. So um, cities like Detroit, cities like Miami, cities like Philadelphia, cities like Pittsburgh, cities like Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, which has the fastest Wi-Fi in the country, like cities that probably nobody talks about. I think we'll see the rise of other cities both in the U.S. and outside the U.S., that become yeah. open. Uh, this is a utopian view, of course. That become open for um, for global business. So, what is the Atlanta of Europe? What is the Atlanta of Middle East? And how do we start to create um, opportunities? for people to do business in multiple markets. Because I do believe that this one thing has taught us is that we can remote work, we can work from home. Um, The idea of an office has completely changed. Like what is an office is no longer the same. And that um, the the missing, the the last piece, the missing piece of of, of this that we need to work really hard on is building intentional global um, villages. And, and, And that's kind of the piece that where I'm stepping in. And so, could you elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that like I never, you know, one of the things I enjoyed about being in the UAE with you, OT, and and even with like my friend Sultan Sultan Al Qasemi yeah, and, and Sultan, you know Noah yeah. Rafford, all these other yeah. people, um, is that I, <laughs> I used to. So when I used to show up in Dubai, dude, I would land and it would always be dark, right? Always be like dinner time, and then I would show up and it'd be like nine o'clock and. 
Um, Sultan would pick me pick me up from the airport, or I would I get a driver. I would show up at the restaurant, and 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 I always remember that like yeah. I would just talk to you or talk to Sultan or talk to anybody that like came in, and they said, "What do you want to do in this trip?" And I would never really have a plan. Sometimes like I would be there to give a speech, but then I would build just a week of like wanderlust and like you know exploration and adventure, and. Um, I intentionally wanted to be the only American in the room. I didn't want to just be with expats, right? I didn't want to be with, you know, I, I want to be with the people. And I think that I'm still doing that in Zoom and in virtual spaces, right? I, and I think um, we need to get intentional about, um, you know, building these, these villages. Because what's going to happen is, Everybody's now building their own Substack newsletter, their own little Zoom party, their own, their own little things. But um, but like diversity matters. It's a superpower. And I hope that people think about building international villages in their communities um, through just a completely different lens and that we can... And then the future... So then when you get to that point, the future then looks like, of course I'm doing business in Saudi. Like I have a thing, or of Obviously, course I'm doing business yeah. in. It becomes I'm, such yeah, a yeah, like that's my people. It's a moot point that, by that. Like, that. That's where you want to get it to. It's a moot point. Yeah. So I'm I'm like yeah I have a virtual office in Dubai. I have a virtual office in you know uh, Armenia right now. I, I have one in um, you know and lots of places because I have um, beachhead there. And I love the term intentional global villages. Like I think it's really cool. So question has how has the current state of affairs with the Black Lives Matter impacted mm -hmm. this narrative. Did you feel a shift? What is that conversation like? Oh, yeah. Not only do I feel a shift, I'm part of the shifting. Um, so my work today, um, so, I, you know, I went from the work in the music business and fashion and advertising uh, to tech and then went into advertising, um, you know, in, in, in sort of the, the agency world. And then I sold my last agency and, and, and kind of had this opportunity to, you know, tap into my global passport, if you would, my hip hop passport. Um, and so when I moved here, I, I got intentional about venture capital. Um, so that's what I do. That's what I, that's what I was doing until the global pandemic. And so I found that my worlds of understanding family offices and private equity and high net worth individuals um, has now you know, in the last at least 14 weeks, been about the, the, the double pandemics, right? The first pandemic being the um, COVID and the second pandemic being, um, you know, really the awareness of, of um, racial inequality um, and the commitment to the war on, on anti-racism, or as like we, we like to call it in this house, the war on white supremacy. And what I like to caution my clients around is the systemic... Um, it, first of all, we're dealing with systemic racism, which requires systems work, and systems work doesn't happen overnight. It requires unpacking systems and then putting systems back together again. So a lot of the work that I do these days is about, like, who's on your cap table if you have a startup, right? Like, let's look at systemic racism through the lens of, like, huh, one of your blind spots could be you never thought that somebody on your cap table should be diverse um, because you're going to sell this company for $100 million to Google. And wouldn't it be nice if like everybody participated in that party and that when you took your boat out 
in St. Bart's that your boat was like super dope with all your investors and cap table. And like, it was like made up of this beautiful tapestry of brown and, and melanin, melanated faces, mm. <laughs> all shades <Yeah>. of melanin <laughs> and all genders, you know what all I'm saying? Shades like, of melanin. Don't you yes. want a ream on your on cap the, table? Mm-hmm, and you know? um, so everybody yeah. wants a ream. I know they do. Everybody wants to ream on their cap table. That was a setup. That was a setup. I knew she was going to dunk on me. I gave, I gave her, I gave her a pass. She was ready. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So my job in on the team is to open up the eyes of those that actually have the tables. Right? There's a line in Hamilton that says, "I want to be in the room where things happen." Well, I actually want to make the rooms where things happen, you know? And so that's the work that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. And so I'm seeing it on a regular basis. I am cautiously optimistic. And and my fear is that people will just see this as a sprint versus a marathon. But you know what? Like, since since we've met James, you've always been that guy. Like, so whenever, whenever you're working on projects and like, and I've learned something, you know, speaking of looking for codes, Something I've learned every time you and I talk is when you tell me, oh, I'm testing this thing out, I get excited. Like, okay, something's about to pop off, right? Or like, oh, I got this idea. And then because you constantly are in Dig. And I think in a lot of ways, that's the practice I've always enjoyed about you because, and we do that a lot. Like this idea of just R&D your own shit and see what works, right? Is, is something I always enjoyed. So uh, I really appreciate that in you. And it always gets me excited to see you do that. So thank you. Thank you for kicking it with us today. I hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast at to stay up to date with all our conversations. Also, if you don't mind, hit us with the five-star rating, leave a comment, let us know how you feel about the show. That way, it could also help others find the show. And be sure to share it with your friends and family, whoever you think can benefit from it. You can holler at us on all social media platforms at The Can Show. We'd love to hear from you. Or you could drop us an email to hello at thecanmedia.com. Salam.